everyone and welcome to another edition of Responsive Design Weekly Podcast. My name is Justin Avery and I am your host and curator of this podcast and the Responsive Design Weekly Newsletter. Uh, it has been a bit of a hiatus and it seems that I start every single podcast in that exact same way, but the world is changing and I figured we better get back into some of my old practices. Um, A lot of you can't get out and about at the moment, which is a a really kind of crappy thing. Um, The COVID-19 is spreading around the globe. It is a a very bizarre time uh, to be alive, Uh, but I thought we would bring this back uh, for the next couple of weeks, at least um, just to keep things fresh to give you another avenue to to do some things. You might want to listen to a podcast rather than read a newsletter. So we are up to edition number 71 of the podcast, but we're up to edition number 402 of the weekly newsletter. So they're a bit off. We're never going to catch up. Uh, But what I wanted to do with these is just run you through a couple of the key links. So if you're not getting the newsletter, you can still listen to this podcast and know what is going on in the world of front-end development uh, or the web in general, I suppose. Uh, And what I started to do uh, recently was uh, with episode number 400 when it came up, or was it last week? Last week at 4.01, I decided that I would start um, utilizing the episode number, so 4.01, and look at what that uh, HTTP status code was. So 4.01 is not authorized, but that was last week, so we won't go into that. Um, but this week, um, I started off with like just saying your payment hasn't gone through, so we can't have the, uh, the content for this week. And the reason I did that is because the status code, weirdly, for 402 is reserved for payment required. Now it's not really used that much, um, but it is flagged for use. And I think it was flagged for use if they ever got around to using things like micropayments or digital cash payments for accessing content. Now we have talked about a tool called Coil in the past. I say tool, but it's a a thing called Coil uh, where you pay money. So just say I pay, well I do, I pay like $5 a month uh, to this coil fund, uh, it's all based on kind of Bitcoin-y style cash, and uh, you install an extension on your browser, and if you are a coil member and you publish content, you can put a little meta tag into your uh, head, ahead of your, your HTML, and when someone with the browser extension who has paid up visits your web page, it detects that it has this uh, coil uh, meta tag and it will start giving you micropayments while that person is actively reading your content. Very, very cool. We've got it set up on responsivedesign.is and a couple of other sites that I've got. It's not huge because not everyone is using coil, not everyone is installing it on their browser. Um, but hopefully one day browsers will have this built in. Um, there'll be more of a centralized fund which we can contribute cash towards and then the people whose content we enjoy will get paid. Anyway, uh, so there are some people that do return the 402 message. So Google sends this uh, as a response when people go over their daily allowed API limit. Uh, Stripe sends the code if the payment isn't successful and Shopify send the code if you happen to stop paying for your store. So I've got a a Shopify store 
um, where I sell uh, pocket notebooks. So if I was to stop paying uh, Shopify for the use of that, uh, when I went to log in or when people went to visit the store, they would get this 402. But anyway, that's kind of cool. Um, something hopefully you didn't learn or you didn't know before. Uh, so COVID-19, though there's lots of stuff. So loads of people are starting to uh, work from home. If you're not already working from home, I'm sure you are. Um, if you are one of the unfortunate few, I know a lot of freelancers listen to this podcast. Um, a lot of that freelance work is drying up and it, it really, it, it sucks. Um, so my thoughts go out to you um, and I hope that you can turn things around. If you are looking for freelancers, um, please just reach out uh, to us on Twitter. Um, there's quite a few. We're happy to uh, retweet your uh, your desire for freelancers and equally freelancers. If you're looking for work, uh, you send us a tweet through to Res Web Des. We're happy to retweet that as well. Uh, but one of the the features, so the first article that we featured this week was called uh, Substation, and so this is an introduction article to a tool called Substation, where there's a couple of uh, a couple of folks. Uh, what were their names? So Jesse Von Doom um, and someone else. They've created. Uh, oh yeah, so his partner Anthony and he, uh, with some help from some friends, have created a new membership program called Substation. Now you can go and start a club. Um, they've created this on Glitch. And it allows you to set up a secure way uh, for reoccurring payments and member messaging. So you need um, Mailgun set up to send the messaging and you need Braintree set up to collect the payments. But aside from that, it's all free and open source. Now, it's kind of limited at the moment. They did want to have a hosted version that you could use. Um, but they wanted to push it out because they knew folks like yourself are probably really keen to find other alternative ways to make an income. So this allows you to create a subscription service where people get uh, emailed out content to you. Um, I think things like Curated might off- also offer this. Um, I know that uh, platforms like Ghost uh, for the, the blogging platform, they have sort of built-in um Uh, premium services so that people pay to access the content as well but yes if you go to substation s-u-b-s-t-a-t-i-o-n dot me substation dot me you'll be able to um, kick this off and like I said it's hosted on glitch you just sort of remix the glitch and you are away Um, Firefox have also released a whole bunch of new stuff um, in their nightly which is quite cool Um, they've got a little request initiator in there so when you're looking at your network requests, if you've got like a file that is being called and you're like, I don't have that file in in my list of um, <clears throat> in my list of sources where where I'm requesting it from the HTML, it could be that uh, JavaScript is requesting it. So you've got a piece of JavaScript which requests another file from somewhere else. Um, this will tell you where the request initiated from. So most of them will be from your HTML document, but some of them will be from third-party JavaScript platforms or or even the JavaScript that you've got. Um, You can also set up request blocking, which I really like. So you you can say, look, block all these requests that are coming from Google, for example, or block this uh, font request or this Google Analytics request. And uh, the network will block those requests and you can see how your web page reacts based on that. 
um, but they've just updated it so that it will accept wildcard request blocking now. So if you want to block a, a domain um, like google.com, but it's got a whole bunch of subdomains, but you're like, what happens if the whole thing disappears? Um, you can put wildcards in and it will request block wildcards as well. Um, and it's also got a new uh, performance profiler built in as well, um, which allows you to look at things like uh, paint times and uh, repainting. Um, to see how well your page is uh, performing. So definitely check it out. Uh, Firefox Nightly is really good. Um, it's also a shame too, Firefox has lost some of its uh, ground um, in recent times. So it's dropped to the lowest percentage um, it has. So like in terms of uh, the number of people using it uh, since I think 2005. So I mean, I love Firefox. This is my primary browser. I do switch to Chrome occasionally for, for some things um, uh, around the dev tools uh, for performance because I think Chrome does a really good job for performance. But uh, Firefox are definitely catching up from the performance side of things, but far exceed it from things like uh, grid and uh, fonts, variable fonts. So anything I think visually... Um, I prefer Firefox in terms of the dev tools. I do quite like it. Um, and also they've got an amazing amount of privacy tracking stuff built into the browser. Um, and it's a, it's super important these days. But uh, yeah, I encourage you, use Firefox if you don't already. Don't just develop for Chrome. I encourage your family to use it as well. Um, and let's get those numbers back up for Firefox. Um, Eleventy as well. So Zach Leet has built for those. I'm sure most of you are aware of Eleventy. It is a static site generator. It is a very good static site generator, um, and it's kind of it's coming along in leaps and bounds. And what um, uh, the Google AMP team realized that this was a super popular um, static site generator. So they built a plugin uh, for AMP to plug into Eleventy. Um, Zach's not, well, I'll let Zach say what he thinks about um, AMP, but I'm, I'm going to put him in, not in the biggest fan group of the, um, the AMP product itself. So he kind of, um, he put the uh, challenge out um, and included something within uh, uh, Eleventy, uh, the 11T site itself. He created a leaderboard of super fast sites that use Eleventy. Um, and it's unbelievable how quick these these websites are generating. They far 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 outweigh any benefits that you might get um, by trying to implement AMP. They come with their own set of um, issues, I'm sure, um, and not everyone can probably switch across to Eleven T as a tech stack. I know some very technical people who are still using uh, other things like Jekyll, um, but they're keen to move across. But even there. Uh, I mean, it's more like, can you find the time to uproot and move your whole process across? Now is probably a good time, uh, given that uh, most of us are not having to commute and staying at home and, and some of those contracts are falling through. But anyway, um, it's uh, unbelievable. There's a great uh, leaderboard and they are super, super fast. Um, one, the, uh, a couple more. So I think a lot of you are working from home now. And for those of you that are not working from home, I'm sure that that time is going to come uh, very shortly. And there was a great article from Eric Meyer about working from home. And he 
he talks about how he's been working from home for 19 years and the last couple of weeks just because of of just what is happening across the globe and just the enormity of it and the uncertainty of it he's finding it really really difficult as is a lot of people that I've been reading um uh, on twitter uh, they're finding really hard to still be as productive as they have been from home just because of everything else that is going on. Um, it consumes your mind. Um, whenever you're flicking from one thing to the other, you might see a little update and then all of a sudden you've lost a whole bunch of time or you've dived into trying to read up on on what's happening um, with the situation. It's not it's not uncommon Um but it's a, it's, a, it's a great article, and I think that the people who have been working from home for a long time, they all agree that um, they are currently at their lowest productivity levels working from home. So for everyone else that has gone from a stable uh, going to work and you've got your, your tasks to do and there's not a, a pandemic running through the world and, and you get those tasks done, and you've now had to move to working from a kitchen table or working from an ironing board makes a really good standing desk I found um, but if you've changed your work environment um, your home environment has probably changed as well if you're in a house share there's probably the chance that you're going to have two three four five people working from a kitchen table um, schools have now closed in the UK as well so as next week I'm going to have my children six and three running around while I'm still trying to work from home as well um, there's loads of distractions that you wouldn't normally have um, and it's a new thing to you as well. So you've got to get used to the routine of working from home and being able to carve out times where you are more productive and, and times where you need to take a break and walk away from it. Um, but people who have been doing this for a very long time are struggling with that as well. They're struggling to be productive. So don't beat yourself up if you are struggling to get everything done if you find that you're a bit distracted it is a problem for everyone um so yeah it's really important while you are working from home make sure you do get up uh try not to stay at your computer into the wee hours this is a, this is a good opportunity for you to um spend less time uh at work per se um i do remember uh, many years ago when I, I did a stint for about a year and a half where i worked from home in Darwin in Australia and I read a book from Mark Bolton um, about designing for the web it's a wonderful book but one of the best things that I took from it was about sort of running your I wasn't running my own business I was working for a company but I was uh, remote um, but he had like things about wearing many different hats and what you need to get used to but he had a really good thing about working from home and that if you can try and have uh, an entry to that that where you're coming from outside. So if you have a, a room with two doors and you can get through the door uh, inside your house and you can get through the door from outside your house, try and try and go to the outside your house one. So it's kind of like you're walking into an office rather than you're just going into a room in your house. Um, but the best one that I had um, was shoes. Like a lot of us are probably... Uh, maybe not getting uh, not getting as tarted up or dressed up as what we would going into work. But I find still going through that morning routine of getting ready to, to get in a train and go into work um, still helps. But definitely putting on a pair of shoes, it does sound weird, um, but putting on a pair of shoes while you're, in inverted commas, working at home, um, it means that while those shoes are on, you're at work. 
And when it gets to the end of the day, it's really hard to sort of, I'll just do another couple of emails or I'll just do this or that, or you're sat on the couch. But for me, uh, the taking off the shoes signified that's it, that's my work day done. And I'm now in relaxed mode and I'm at home because when you're working at home, um, <laughs> yeah, home is no longer like this secluded place where you can go to relax because you, you've got your pressures of work as well. Anyway, that's um, if you don't beat yourself up, keep going. Uh, it will get a lot easier. Um, and wear shoes and take them off to signify when you're going to relax. Uh, what are the other things? So we also have, I did an article about uh, how to configure uh, Matomo analytics. So I'm trying to move away from Google analytics. So I did a, a test run setting up a, a personal side of mine with uh, Matomo. It was super easy. And I actually did the entire uh, process in about 35 minutes, I think it was. I used about 17% of my uh, my battery and I did the entire, sorry, 30 minutes, less than 30 minutes, I used 7% battery on my phone and I did the entire thing while laying in bed from like 11.35 until midnight. So that's um, moving entirely from Google Analytics to Matomo Analytics on the mobile. It was super straightforward um, and this article takes you through um, how to do that. Uh, at the moment, I'm using the hosted version, so their version, which is a paid-for thing. You get 30 days free, um, but I'm going to switch. There's another plugin that you have. Um, so I did it with a WordPress site. There's another plugin that you have with WordPress that will allow you to... Um, it installs it as part of the WordPress install, so all the data from the visitors gets stored in the same database that WordPress is in. So there's two uh, plugins. One is WP-Matomo, and uh, the other one is Matomo Analytics. So there's two different ones. Matomo Analytics installs Matomo Analytics on the same server you're running your WordPress, and WP-Matomo uses an existing implementation, so their cloud implementation, or if you had a secondary server. So that's pretty cool as well. Um, to two other things, uh, and this will be the, the fire. Well, let's go through other things. If you're looking for um, other podcasts to listen to, uh, there's a new great podcast from uh, Una Kravitz and Adam Argyle, both developer advocates from Google, who are uh, CSS developer advocates, which is amazing. Um, they have a new podcast called The CSS Podcast, so check that out. Um, they're going to be going through all things CSS, as the name uh, indicates. Uh, there is a tool. If you are doing, I mean, I spend almost all my time on Zoom. I feel like I should be doing this podcast on Zoom as well, um, but I'm not. Um, yeah, if you want to have a bit of fun with it, or if you're using Skype or some other uh, video conferencing tool, there is a Snapchat thing. So you go to snapcamera.snapchat and you can install filters uh, on your computer. And once it kicks up, uh, once it loads, it offers you a different camera. So you've got your normal camera, but then you've got this Snapchat camera and it will play, uh, put your filters on and you can have a little bit of fun. So um, it shouldn't all be uh, serious working from home. You should have a little bit of fun, but I mean, be careful of which uh, filters that you use and remember to change your camera back to your normal camera before you have a client call, if that's going to be important. Um, I noticed that I was, uh, I still had a, 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 an inappropriate 
uh, face mask on uh, when I was about to start. So I caught myself just before I did it. But um, yeah, be careful of that. And the last one, um, go to uh, do not touch your face.com. So spell it like it sounds. Uh, do not touch your face.com. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, again, a couple of folks have used uh, TensorFlow.js, uh, TensorFlow.js, uh, which is a machine learning um, uh, JavaScript library. What you do, you uh, click record and you record yourself not touching your face. So a little video for three or four seconds. Um, and then with clean hands, because we're all washing our hands a lot now. Uh, with clean hands, record the video again with you doing nothing but touching your face. Um, once you've done that, it sets its machine learning up and uh, you can let it run in the background. And every time you raise your hand towards your face to touch your face, um, if you've got it on screen, it flashes red and says, no, no, no. Uh, which is quite uh, humorous, uh, but it also works in the in the background as well. Now, again, a warning: if you haven't touched your face in a while and you forgot it's running, it scares the bejeebas out of you when it tells you not to touch your face. But it's a great way to see how often you are touching your face and using um, all the web technologies to be able to do that. But that's it. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you uh, go and check out all those uh, different links. Um, you can go to uh, rwd.is uh, or responsivedesign.is uh, and find the weekly newsletter linked there with all the different links as well. Uh, we'll link this up in the show notes as well. Um, I'll try and do this each week. It's kind of fun. We, I have a... Um, uh, an interview series, actually, which is going to be super fun. Now, not a podcast interview series, although maybe, um, but it is a written interview series. I was planning on going back to Australia uh, in April. We're going to go back with the family. It was my 40th birthday. We're going to go see everyone. Um, but plans have changed. We'll delay that for uh, for 12 months, um, hopefully for only 12 months. Uh, and then get over there later. But while I was out there, I didn't want to uh, continue to do the newsletter week in, week out and have that take up valuable time with the family. So I set up um, a series of interviews with some people that I love in the industry, asking them a series of questions about responsive design. And uh, we're going to run them still. So I'll still run them through April because they're really interesting and uh, people took a lot of time to to, to put their answers in. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see, uh, yeah, we'll see what people have to say about that. So we'll run, uh, I'll keep doing the podcast. I'll include, uh, what people say. And if you're interested in that and you haven't already signed up to uh, the newsletter and you can on the bottom of every page at responsivedesign.is, but until next week, be safe, keep your family safe, um, isolate as much as you can, wash your hands, but stay sane, get exercise, get away from the TV, play games, in, enjoy yourself as much as you can. Uh, but until next week, thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you again soon. Cheers, bye.